Inner Voice, a heartfelt chat with Dr. Fujian. Break free from the forces holding you back. Get the life you deserve. Eliminate stress, reduce anxiety, decrease depression, and start living your full potential. Thousands have used Dr. Fujian Zane's Awareness Integration Theory, an evidence-based behavioral health breakthrough with incredible life-changing results. Getting rid of past trauma, having fulfilling relationships, increasing earnings, and living their best life. Now, the Fujian app is available to everyone. The app is Dr. Fujian Zane's Awareness Integration Theory theory in the palm of your hand. Download the Fujian app today. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Inner Voice podcast, a heartfelt chat with me, Dr. Fujian Zeng. I'm a psychotherapist and author and the originator of the awareness integration theory. It's so good to be with you today. In this episode, I actually get to chat with amazing woman, Patty Esai. She's known as the Duchess of Decorum by her 982,000 followers on TikTok. Um, she established herself as one of the leading financial experts in the space. Patty's TikTok teachings on female equality in the workplace, financial literacy, workplace decorum, and financial independence for women Um over six point, she gets over 6.6 million likes from that TikTok. They like her. A lawyer by trade and currently a senior vice president of mergers and acquisitions lending for a major national bank. Patty is the perfect example of tough, but fair. And she believes that success comes from information and empowerment. She has delivered keynote addresses for numerous platforms and organizations, including the Women's Investment Summit and the University of Denver STEM program. And has been a panelist for events that inspires the next generation of women, such as the Meet Me in Malibu Influencer panel. Patty's voice can also be seen in um, print on Forbes.com, where she shares her wisdom as a financial contributor, and that's what she does. We had a great conversation about the culture of women in finances, some of the fears, some of the rituals that women do and what are their thought process that gets them maybe into trouble. And what are some of the ways that they can start looking at empowering themselves and holding themselves in the space um, of value? Because if you don't value you, I don't think anyone else will. So I hope that you enjoy the conversation that I had with Patty um, as much as I did. I learned a lot and I hope you do. Now, subscribe to this podcast, my YouTube channel. Tell your friends, let them um, get on and hear the podcast with beautiful guests and connect with me through my website, fujanzane.com. I'd love to hear from you. Um, I'd love to hear your questions, topics that you want us to talk about and uh, people you want to hear from. Um, and you can, you know, contact me through my social media or email. Just go to fuzanzane.com and you'll have it all. I love to hear from you. Now, without further ado, she, here it is, Patty S.I. Well, I'm so excited to have you with us, Patty Esai, everyone. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. 
Um, one of the most important factors are, um, to me, financial management. And I think one of the most important factors where we become empowered is to have that type of a financial management because um, it affects every angle of our life, not only our security, safety, self-confidence, um, identity, okay. and who we are. And you know, Patty, most of the times we don't really learn it specifically. We don't learn it in school. We right. don't learn it from our parents. Right. Um, we watch them, you know, and yes. they tell us, you know, they'll do it for us. But if there, there's not really a system that does that. And then I think there's also this, depending on culture and where you live, but most of probably the world also, it has this effect of um, the women um, have a reliance on men to do some of this part for them, unless right. they have to. Right. So this concept of, I want to, I should learn to. It's, right be my skill right not that I can't you know but right. there is no one and there therefore I have to and I think this is the cornerstone this is the basic uh basis of um your gift to to people who come to you who you know in your podcast and and all of that so first share how come you got to want to share this part with people. Right. So, um, yes, what you said is just so important. And financial independence for women is something that is a driver for me. I'm in the financial service business. So, you know, I understand finances from that aspect of it. But I also understand from my personal life how it impacts women and negatively impacts women when a woman is financially dependent on a man. And for me, I noticed it in my relationship with my parents. When we lived in Iran, um, my mom had a very prominent career. She worked, she made just as much money, if not more than my father. He had a great business too. But once we migrated to the US due to the language barrier, they couldn't work in their respective fields. So my mother was a nurse and she was actually a head nurse in Iran. So she had, again, she had a very prominent career, but she couldn't pass the nursing exam. So because of that, she was relegated to the home and my dad started working. He was doing construction and just kind of build a career around that. But what I started to notice is that slowly my mother was losing power in the relationship. I remember I saw the power dynamics as being very equal when we were in Iran and when we first moved to the States because you know they were both trying to make it happen. But once my dad started to make all the money and my mom wasn't making any money, I saw how the power dynamic shifted, how he slowly started to gain more and more power in the relationship and she had less and less power. And he would always bring that up anytime they would argue, you know, his thing was, well, okay, if you don't like it, leave. But he knew that she couldn't leave because she couldn't financially support herself. So, you know, she, my mother would take me aside anytime that would happen. And she would say, do you see what's happening to me? Do you see how the fact that I'm not working is making me be so desperate in the relationship. She lost her self-esteem. She lost her self-worth. She lost herself, you know? And she said, don't ever be like me. Don't ever allow a man to control your money because once a man controls your money, he controls you. 
And that is something that I've carried with me since then. And I also think that's one of the biggest drivers in me trying to be financially successful. And, um, you know, my mother's life ended very tragically because of her financial dependence on my father. And I made it my mission from that point on that I was going to honor her. And part of honoring her was to provide a platform to teach women to be financially independent. So not another woman ends up like my mom. So necessary. I work with a lot of clients who are couples um, who have gone through a lot, which is usually happens also when they have children. This is like when they don't have children, there's still this concept of they're going to go to work, they have the earnings, even though it might not be as much as maybe their husband or someone, but there's right creating a, a career for themselves. At one phase of life, which women love to do, it's their right to do. They want to be with their children for you know minimum three years, five years, seven years, yep. some all the way until their children are grown and uh, out of school. This is sometimes where the phases change, like what you were sharing, the phases change in, in migration. And mm -hmm. some people's phases change in the you know phase of life change when right. they have children. And you see then that the responsibility and the management sometimes goes to men, or at least the responsibility of earning, even if the mm -hmm. if, if the woman of the house is managing the money, because the responsibility of earning is, is on the man. You could see this power dynamic that you just talked about. And it shows up like if you if you talk to someone um up front they're like no then they'll give you this philosophy of equality right. you hear it again in the yeah. marital fights like you just mm -hmm. said where these sentences show up and you're shocked like i have the women who are in the office with me and they're suddenly shocked by some of these sentences that show up and then it also shows up by budgeting and i usually tell people to the women become part of the financial uh, management because you get to budget for yourself versus the man telling you this is your right. budget here I give you um, you know I give you uh, this much cash and you just have to handle life with that or I give sure. you this credit card and that's all you can handle right and then there's this you know management of what did you spend it on and micromanaging and these mm -hmm. pieces where it becomes belittling for anyone and I'm Absolutely. right now I think we're talking about women in this role but i've actually seen the you know whomever holds the money and the other yes doesn't, the same dynamic happens, absolutely right? absolutely so there is the financial independence it's not about money it's about the control it's about decision making it's about the power of decision making that you know someone has to be there although it you know it works around earning capacities and managing capacities. Can you share a bit about um, what your thoughts are in if the person is an earner or the person can be a manager or there's a way even for women who want to stay home and have children, what are some of the ways that they can, even if they can't go and earn, what are some of the other ways to hold this power for themselves? Sure. I think that's very important because, yes, you know, women are still the major caretakers of their children. Right. And a lot of women want to stay home and be with their children. I think the smart way of doing it is a still maintain your skills that you had 
prior to, you know, coming home and staying with your kids. So if you're an accountant, whatever, still try to do some of that on the side. Okay. You should always have a side hustle. And at this day and age, there is no excuse not to have a side hustle because you could just do it from your couch, right? You can do it from home. There's so many remote working things. I mean, even if you have zero skills, which I don't believe, you know, anyone has zero skills, but let's just say you have zero skills. You can do data entry, do something part-time so that you can earn some money. That's the first thing. The second thing is that you have to know what the finances are in your relationship. A lot of women feel like, oh, you know what? That's the man's job and they leave everything to the man. So he's the only one that knows how much money they have, how much money they don't have, what properties they have, what they don't. And you put yourself in a very dangerous situation where you are not involved in the finances of the business because you have no idea what is happening behind the scenes. I can't tell you how many women I speak with that in divorce proceedings, for example, I'm gonna tell you a story. In a divorce proceeding, this woman thought that they had sold their old house. They were living very modestly, like just a, a middle-class family. She thought that she and her husband had sold their old house. They moved into a one bedroom apartment. They shared a car. They go to get a divorce and in the divorce proceedings, the lawyer was very smart and did forensic accounting, found out that that house that she thought they sold, they had not sold. They still owned that house, but most importantly, the house had mineral rights under the home. There were pipes of oil being pumped out of the home. The man was making millions and millions of dollars from the oil revenue never told her about it, never shared with her about it. And had forensic accounting not been done, she would have walked away with very little in the relationship. And all she had to do was look at the bank accounts. Oh, we sold the house. Let me see the deed of sale. You know, so you have to be active. And even if you're not earning that activity and being active tells your spouse or your significant other that you're smart. They're not going to put one over on you and you're involved in what happens in the relationship. That is so important. Even the factor of just knowing the revenue and the expenses, because yes. a lot of the fights are about also a fantasy that people have, which if I don't earn, I can just look at the expense sheet and say, um, you know, this is how much I, I paid. I was working with a couple, Patty. It was really interesting. The man kept saying, I don't have money. Why do you expense spend so much? She would say, you always say, I don't have money. I, our credit cards are every month about five to 8,000. You keep telling me you don't, but somehow you pay. So I just think you lie. <laughs> and this was their conversation. It says, well, if the action shows that you're consistently right. doing it, then, you know, I don't know. Unfortunately, that was the case for many years. However, the business really went down. And because right. of the Pinocchio that had been lying so much mm -hmm. and she just lost all of, you know, uh, the, the the thought of him, um, you know, be, being right, she right. Did not consider not spending. And right. then their business clashed and they lost their home. And if this concept of being aware, mm -hmm. being part of the financial management 
whether you earn or not, I think is all by itself very powerful. And being part of the decision making is powerful. Right. And the concept that you shared, which is no matter what, have um, earning uh, capacity and skills. Right. Are constantly being utilized one way or another yes. so that you can feel that you um that that you have the ability and value, right? And value. Yeah. yeah, I you know, I that's really really important because not only are you earning money, not only are you contributing, but it goes toward your self-esteem. It provides value to you. And really money is nothing but an exchange of energy. And people don't understand that. No one is going to give you money for free without expecting anything back. Nobody, not even your parents. Okay. So, I mean, maybe when you're growing up as a child, yes, because they want to raise you. Right. But after adulthood, anytime anyone gives you money, they have expectations of you giving something back, whether it's taking care of your children, whether it's having sex with them 10 times a day, whether it's being their companion, whatever. So when you, you are giving money, you have to be very well aware of what you're giving back for that money because it's not for free. And this whole fantasy, and I think one of the reasons that women aren't involved in finances is that we have been brainwashed to believe that a man is supposed to provide and protect. And if that happens, that means you're a queen. You know, I have a TikTok channel, I have almost a million followers and I get so many people saying, I'm not gonna work because I'm a queen. And that is the Jedi mind trick of making women believe that if you earn your own money, if you're not financially dependent on a man, then you are a queen. And nothing could be further from the truth because you may think you're a queen, but you have very little decision-making power in that relationship. And eventually it's gonna come back and bite you in the ass. There is a cultural perspective as you were sharing, Patty, about uh, my career is finding the rich husband or the husband that can take care of me. So right. it's like, okay, this is the other piece is a labor. Mm -hmm. But what I do is to, to catch the husband that can do this for me. Right. That, it, to, to me that the reason there is a fantasy in that is that the world changed. Maybe there was a time that you're best because there was no opportunity for women yeah. to work or have businesses and all of that, that your only career was to find the best mate right. could take care of you and have children. And maybe, you know, it was land that went from, you know, parents to their children who were right. female and that sure. was the wealth you had, but the wealth came from your parents. Mm -hmm. However, your skill was to land the husband. You, your job was to land the king so that you could be the queen. Unfortunately, yes. across the world, that notion is no longer here. And yes. therefore, exactly what you said, if there is a, uh, if there is a money that is being served and uh, it's because you're being bought for something. Yes, whatever it is. For whatever it is, yeah. you're now being bought for that. It's no yeah. longer that the structure of the family across the world is that. And unfortunately, or fortunately, since that has changed, then if you're not upgrading mm -hmm. your skills in order to be able to do that, again, the skills could be 
that you are, the skills are your earning capacity, but also right. managing capacity and being the partner in that concept. So yes. part of the queenness is I don't need to know because I just need to be, I get to be the, um, I get to be the spender. I get to right. be the one who just, you know, just, I want this, I want that and and go for yep. There is a part of um, the, the fantasy of the childlike space, which is mm -hmm. my fantasy is always just being taken care of by daddy. Right. If this continues, then we just switch the daddy to um, right. the husband from there. The downside of the concept of being not being independent and being dependent on another person is that all the strings will always be pulled by the person who holds the power yes there's a saying that says um he who controls the gold makes the rules oh. and it's and it's the perfect saying and even honestly even in my friends relationships where you know i have friends that don't work and their husbands are rich okay even in those relationships where, where they were they will argue with me tooth and nail that no i have just as much power in the relationship as my husband husband says the same thing she has just as much power however the second that she wants to buy a chanel purse she has to ask him can i buy a chanel purse and that is where it comes in right the the factors of you don't really have control over that money or she'll be like you know what i can't buy this because he just got me this or i can't get this because he just got me this i mean i can't imagine living like that it's not worth it i can't imagine ever asking someone can i buy this or i can't buy this because this person won't let me and again, even in those relationships where you think that it's equal, that seems so equal, it's really not. Well, what is, then the question becomes, why should it be an equal? Well, the relationship between a couple, it's, it's set up, romance is set up as an equal partnership. If it's not, then it becomes a how it becomes a parent to a child type of a relationship. Right. And usually a parent-child relationship, someone always holds the power, which is the parent. Mm -hmm. So if you're not creating the equalness in every realm of your partnership as a right. marriage, it there it's going to be detrimental because yes. A child will always be a child in that it takes takes mm -hmm. on the role of a child, which is always right. demanding, wanting, and having to wait for somebody else to bring. So this right. concept of if I'm a grown up, but I'm not structuring my life to act like a grown up, to be responsible like a grown up, too, as a, as an adult, there's always going to be a part of me which is suffering. Yes, absolutely. and I might justify the suffering because I yeah. don't want to, uh, you know, I don't want the alternative, which is I have to actually do something else. It's like, oh, if I have to suffer, I'll just prefer to suffer this way versus the other. <laughs> yeah. This element of empowerment that happens when you have the ability. So people might have the ability and still choose not to work their nine to five hours or whatever. Right. As long as they have the ability and they have the earning power, the, the power they give themselves pulls them through in every angle. 
it even shifts the arguments in the context of the couplehood. Right. Like now it's an equal couplehood conversation versus a parent-child version of a couplehood. Correct. Correct. Yes. And, you know, I, I also think that you having the ability is something that provides you self-worth. It provides you self-esteem. Right. Um, and I also think you have to keep again, I want to emphasize this is that you have to keep using that ability in some way, shape or form, because once you know, I know women that haven't worked for 18 years. Right. And they come back to the workforce. Things have changed. So your abilities on what it was 18 years ago to what it is now has changed. Technology has changed. They're doing it different now. You know, there's so many things. So you have to always keep up with the trend of whatever you're doing because you want to put yourself in a position that at any given point, you can go back to work. That is the most important thing. That any given time, you can just go back to work and you can pick up where you left off to be able to financially support yourself. And unfortunately, I also think that, you know, I get a lot of pushback when I say these things because women are like, well, I'll just take half his money. Most relationships, even if he's giving you half of the money that he makes, is not enough for you to live. It's just not. Those are facts. Those are financial facts. Talk to any divorce lawyer, they will tell you, unless you're part of the exception, which are the wealthy people, right? The people that have a lot of money. But for general middle-class people, taking half of, of his money is not enough. You still are going to have to earn your own money. So that's why it's important to be able to get back into the workforce as quickly as you can. And if I can also mention, I think one of the issues that that I have is that people don't talk about finances prior to marriage. It is such a taboo topic. We know everything there is. So what movies you like, what type of food you like, you know, we know, we know your family, we know all of that, but we have absolutely no idea what your philosophy is around finances. What is your long-term plan financially? Let's say you want to buy a house. Does the other person also want to buy a house or do they want to live in an apartment and travel all, all year long? How much debt do you have? Because if they incur debt in the relationship, you're responsible for that debt. What is your credit score? You have to know their credit score. And that seems so intrusive, but that is so important, again, for being able to buy a house, a car, even renting an apartment with a bad credit score you can't, or a lot of times if you're getting a job, they will check your credit record. If you have a bad credit score, you can't, you can't get a job. So all of those things are so important. And also how are we going to manage the finances in the relationship? Are we going to have a joint account? Are we gonna have a separate account? Are we gonna have both? Who pays for what? So all of these things are never worked out prior to marriage. And then you get into the marriage and you're like, oh my God, I want separate accounts. And this person wants us to commingle everything. And that at that point, it's too late. <laughs> you know, you're already married. And now you, you're dealing with issues in the marriage that didn't have to be there had you had this conversation prior to getting into a long-term relationship or marriage. There isn't any marital counseling that I've ever done through the whole past 30 some years that finances and money conversation yes. have not been a part of it. And you're absolutely right. Um, 
the the part going back to the part first you said is I'm going to take half of his money or it's his you know it's his responsibility to do this and I usually say yes the law will create that responsibility mm -hmm. but can you imagine that for the next 10 years 20 years the rest of your life mm -hmm. The source, like you said, the money is an energy exchange. The mm -hmm. source of the person who's giving it to you is doing it with hell of a lot of resentment. Yes. Every energy, right? Every time they want to yeah. give this to you, yeah. it's almost like a cursing you. There's yep. this feeling like, ugh. yeah. Be the receiver of that. Ugh. I, I it, just got chills. It's so belittling. Yeah. It's so yep. belittling. Yes. But it's like every time there's almost like somebody throwing money at you. And I right. like you think you're winning. Right. Not. Yes. So, well, yes. But the law tells you that that's your right. And, you know, hopefully you will get your right. Right. But if that is the only thing that you are basing this the concept on, then you're putting yourself in that position. But if you're earning your own money, if you are your own woman and doing that, and yes, by the law, the person also needs to do whatever it needs to yeah. do. Then that's a different energy because not Absolutely. only the other person thinks I just need to do this based on the law and what you know is right and respect. Right. Uh, but they also know that you're not, you know, you're not pulling something from them because you can't. But you're doing, you know, they do, they need to do their due diligence because that's what the due diligence is. Okay. So there's a difference in that energy when it shows up. And it's amazing. I've, I've had men come into my office and they're like, I hate this so much. I'm just going to go bankrupt purposely. In yes. Do that. And I'm like, you know, your children are suffering in here. Right. But is that type of a resentment? Yeah. You actually sit with this. Like, of maybe, maybe less than 1% of people that I've experienced that have said after a divorce, she was amazing and she did so much for my children. She's the mother of my children and I'm, you know, I'm indebted with them for the rest of my life and I think yeah. I should. That is a very minimal yes. group of people who ex ex actually, you know, feel that. The other side that what you shared was so important because that's exactly what I do in also couples counseling is consistently looking at how do you become a couple and decision make by, you know, together as the earnings come in and how do you budget together? How do you own this system mm -hmm. where you could have your autonomy while you're working with us and you're making, you know, manage, managing decisions for the future earnings and, and assets and all of that together where there is most of the time there's no training in this right whatsoever. none in how to come go from an individual structure into a couplehood structure correct and usually again even before children i've even had couples just say it's okay you know i have my own bank account we were individual we just kept it and we do this kind of like well i'll pay for this i'll pay for that mm -hmm. and if the conversation of children shows up yes the person says well i need to be out of work for such and such or it's no longer i pay you know like a roommate 50 50 yes now we're earning and and bringing it to a mutual project which is our children or we're correct pay for our children in a different way so now how do we become an us instead of an individual and have the individual rights also in that right it becomes one of the most important learning factors really right and 
as you were saying, we're not taught how to manage all of these things around finances. None of this stuff is taught in school and none of this stuff is taught. Even, you know, when you do marriage counseling, I know that in, in the religious aspect of it, they don't really talk about finances there either. You know? So how are we supposed to do it? You're just supposed to have open, honest conversations and understand that, especially, yes, when children come into the mix, that's a whole different ballgame. How and you know how much money you're going to give give your kids? Are you going to pay for their college? Are you you know like how are you going to give them an allowance? Do they want to work? Do they not want to work? All of these things are so important that you know we don't even consider it before getting married, and it can cause so many issues in the relationship. And then to top it, in some of the countries, such as here in the United States and many of these states, now the prenuptial comes in, which right before you go into a marriage, you have to think about divorce, yes. which then that also brings a lot of resentments and conversation within the system. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, I think a prenuptial agreement is really important. And one of the most important things it does is it puts everybody's assets on the table. So you know exactly how much money they have, and most importantly, how much money they don't have, <laughs> how much debt they have. I mean, I, I had a friend who was dating this guy that we thought was a billionaire, right? I mean, had like two Ferraris, a house in Malibu, the whole bit. And then she was going to marry him. And I told her, I said, you need to figure out how much money this guy has. And he, he wanted to, he was like, no, 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 I don't want a prenup. The reason he didn't want a prenup, because he was hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt. And he knew that she would find out about it if they were to do a prenup. So, you know, he's living this lavish lifestyle and you're fooled into thinking that this guy is rich when he is not. And if she would have married him, he would have took her down with him. Yeah. Another angle of the prenup is that you actually get to see the person's uh, ideology of yes. that money. Yes. The way that they structure that Yes, it really shows. I have uh, I have people who have come to me after marriage, after signing it and coming out and they're saying, well, this was the negotiation tactics that happened for the prenup. And I start coughing almost from <laughs> this concept of, wow, like you saw that and you yeah. still went into a relationship because right. you could see like the controlling factors. You could yes. see that you know, the vicious, the concept of just me, 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 and never think right. of you. And then you could, now you could, after all of this, you could see with the first three months and the six months and the first year of the yeah. marriage, all that for personality showed up into mm -hmm. the unfairness of the type of the prenup that was getting created. Right. Now it was showing up in every angle of that relationship. Absolutely, absolutely. Because if, you know, I always say, if one person is a certain way when it comes to something, they're going to be a certain way when it comes to everything else. It just bleeds into everything else they do. It's not just isolated toward just money or just isolated toward the prenup. And a lot of reasons I think women are so willing to just sign these prenups, A, as you know, nobody goes into a marriage thinking that they're going to get a divorce. Everybody goes into a marriage thinking this is going to be forever, right? And we know that's not that's not the case. But also uh, women are so desperate to be married that, you know, they're like, oh, well, this is the best I'm going to get. Let me just be married. I'm getting older. I'm, you know, my late thirties, whatever. I haven't married yet. And I'm like, so what? 
Who cares? Marriage is not the end all be all. You know, that that is, again, a brainwashing that we've had that unless unless we get married, unless someone chooses us to be their wife, not us choose them, but they're choosing us, then we're not good enough. And that's why we're so willing to, you know, sign those prenups that are just so detrimental to us in our future. And I think these uh, these points need to be really taught um, as teenagers moving up. I mean, obviously, it's a message yeah. that, you know you get from your family, and the messages can be there through your childhood. But I think the actual pay, actual management can start from teenage years. Of, Absolutely, you know, a teenager working. How do they manage their um, you know bank account? Right. Um, how do we, as a parent, allow them to do this and you, you know teach them in how to handle how to handle earning management of it, being part of um, the, the structure of all of that. Um, and um, talking about skill building, you created uh, a program of skill building for women. Yes. So um, there's a few platforms that, that I have. One is my podcast. It's called No Romance Without Finance. And in that podcast, we talk about everything regarding women and their finances and how to level up in life. So whether it's your career, just these stories of women who didn't work and what happened to them. So it's all centered around that. And that really helps empower women. And also, I have a bi-monthly event. It's called The Flex. And it's a bi-monthly event in Beverly Hills. And each time... We have an educational forum for women and we're gonna teach them something different every time. So this first one is actually on June 20th and um, we're teaching women and investing because women are actually better with money than men are. And people don't understand that. Women's earnings are higher when they run a business. Women's returns on investing are higher when they choose to invest. And we're just afraid to do it. So, yeah, so those are two things that I'm really excited about. And, you know, I really want to provide education for women. So, again, they don't end up like my mother and they're financially independent. And you can find out, you know, all that information on my website, pattyaside.com, or even my TikTok, my Instagram, which is Duchess of Decorum. Um, anything we haven't shared that you really want people to know? Uh, I think one thing that I really want people to know is that the notion that a, a woman should allow a man to provide and protect for her didn't come from romance. That came from the notion that a woman was the property of a man once they got married. And just like a man was responsible for taking care of his house, his goats, his horses, he was also responsible for taking care of his woman because she was his property. And at that point, women could, couldn't even get jobs. They couldn't have bank accounts. They couldn't do anything to earn money. So that's where that notion comes from. And we have evolved from that, people. We have evolved. Let's not go backward to, you know, to those times and evolve as human beings, evolve as women, and just own our own power and independence. Beautiful. Thank you for being with us. Thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. It was, and I learned a lot from you. And I hope everyone who's with us, listening or watching us, um, has gotten something valuable from our conversation. Uh, it was a joy to have you, Patty, with us. Thank you so much. It was so much fun. And for all of you who are out there, create an amazing life for yourself and everyone around you. Until next week, bye-bye.
Eliminate stress, reduce anxiety, and decrease depression. Dr. Fujian Zane's awareness integration theory has helped thousands like you get incredible life-changing results. The Fujian app gives you her evidence-based treatment in the palm of your hand. Download today.